0: going to go ahead and, and, and just give you the things that you need. So prayer really doesn't make a difference. It's exactly the same type of Calvinistic attitude about soul winning. Whoever's going to get saved is going to get saved, right? 100% false. That's what's being taught in there in that passage in a, in a subtle way, right? Where it's, it's teaching, hey, if you ask for something, you're going to receive it. Notice that there's a condition You have to ask for it in order to receive it. You're not going to receive it unless you ask. James chapter number four, verse number two says this. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Then it says this. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. So notice that it says ye have not because ye ask not. So what's the reason why they don't have the things that they need? It's because they haven't asked for them. So if you think in your mind, hey, God knows the things that I need. He's just going to give them to me without asking for them. You're wrong. There are things in your Christian life that you do not have or that you will not get unless you ask for them. Now, uh, we're going to get to this. I'm going to go ahead and and, and, uh, um, explain this concept already but it, we'll read the verse in a moment. I'm sure everyone's aware of this, that the things that you ask for, they need to be according to God's will. Now, if you want to go and just pray for a, you know, a mansion, God's not going to give you that. You know, what God, it says you have not because you ask not. You know, so God, give me a Lamborghini. That's not how things work, right? Obviously, these are things that are according to His will. Now, you know, Jesus makes the statement that if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to Him, right? Well, in 1 John, it tells you if, if we ask anything according to His will, He gives it to us. So, <clears throat> Uh, Michaela, give me a water, please. So these things need to be according to God's will. And if we ask for those things, we are told that God will. God will give them to us. You have not because ye ask not. So what he is saying to those who were the strangers that were scattered abroad when James wrote this letter, there were things that they did not have that they would have had in their lives, but they didn't ask for them. And God did not give them to them. God did not give these particular things to these Christians for the reason that they hadn't asked for them. That was the reason why. What are you shaking for, buddy? You scared? You're up here? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he spilled that water everywhere. <clears throat> so that was the reason why they had not received things that they needed, things that, that were necessary for them. I can guarantee you this at least that there are times in your life, my life, our Christian lives where you don't have things. That you need, and you don't end up receiving them. You do not receive them because you didn't ask for them. And God was waiting to give them to you. Luke chapter number 11, look further what it says there. In verse number uh, 11, it says this, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg... Will he offer him a scorpion? And then he says this, If ye then being evil, talking about us being sinners, right? We're corrupt in heart. If ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So notice... That God, it's, it's teaching that God is wanting or desiring to give these things to him. If your son came to you and asked you for something that was necessary for him, let's say fish, let's say food, let's say something that he actually needed, would you be willing to give it to him in a heartbeat? What's saying that how much more even than you would be willing to give what's necessary to your child would your Father God in heaven give you what's necessary to you? So the Bible's teaching that God wants to answer our prayers. God has a desire to answer our prayers, but you're the problem. You know why? It says you have not because you ask not. It's just as easy as asking. It's just as easy as asking. We sometimes do not receive things from God. Because we just simply do not ask him for them. Now, often, also, I want you to think about this. Jesus gave you the recipe of how to pray, didn't he? Now, who ultimately we do we pray to? We pray to Jesus, don't we? We, we come, we uh, you know, approach his throne, right? The throne of mercy, the throne of grace. So, he's desiring for us to be able to receive our requests, he wants us to be able to receive our petitions. He even uh, you know, records in the Bible and tells us how we should be praying and exactly what we need to do in order to have our requests made known. God wants to receive glory. We know that. God wants to receive honor. You know what happens? When you come to him in prayer, you are showing humility, and that is bringing honor and glory to him. You know Why? because you are acknowledging that he is superior to you and that you need his help and that without him you can't have this. You have something that you are in need of and you are at your wits end basically and now you are acknowledging and saying, "Hey, you're the only one that can give it to me." That is why God desires for you to come to him and ask him. But God also because he loves you wants to make wants to you know uh, fulfill your requests. He wants to give you the things that you need. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 21. Matthew chapter number 21, <clears throat> verse number 22. Matthew chapter number 21, verse number 22. A couple of important uh, things that we need to have in our prayer or with our prayer. We're going to go over a few of those. <clears throat> Matthew chapter number 21, verse number 22 <clears throat> says this, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, and notice this, it says, Believing ye shall receive, so notice that it says in all things and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive so notice one of the uh, uh, parts one of the ingredients that that must be included in your prayer in order to have it answered is what you must have faith, you must have uh, 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 faith that God is going to answer your prayer. James chapter number one, verse number six says this, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So notice there, If you again, spoke, speaking of prayer, we're told that when we ask God for something, ask in faith and it says nothing wavering. Nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. So over and over again, we're told when you pray to God, don't doubt that God has the ability or that God is going to fulfill your request. You need to have faith that God can and will fulfill your request, that he is going to help you, that he's going to give you what you need. I want you to go with me now to... Uh, John chapter number 16, verse number 24. John chapter number 16, verse number 24. So we saw the template prayer, the things that need to be included in our prayer. We need to honor and glorify God. Of course, we need to make our petition known. That's what a prayer is. It's a time to ask for something. Um, and then we also saw that we needed to, we needed to oh, ask for forgiveness. That was the other important aspect. We need to be asking for forgiveness. And then oftentimes, something else that people will ask for in their prayer was for God to give them safety safe passage oftentimes people will say and that is tied in with lead us not into temptation right so uh, I want you to turn with me here to John chapter number 16 verse number 24 I'm gonna read to you from first John chapter number 5 verse number 14 the Bible says this and this is the confidence that we have in him it says this that if we ask anything according to his will he heareth us. So notice there in 1 John chapter number 5, it tells us that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Look at John chapter number 16, verse number 24. John chapter number 16, verse number 24, the Bible says, hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Then he says this, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. So notice that when we pray, what are we supposed to do? Note, when Jesus taught them to pray, where are they to pray to? Our Father which art in heaven, right? Hallowed be thy name. But here, what does it say? Whose name does it say that we should be praying in, right? said you've not asked anything in my name, right? You haven't asked hitherto yet have ye asked nothing in my name. So we should be praying in the name of Jesus Christ. When we pray, we need to be praying in the name of Jesus Christ. We're addressing the Father and we are praying in in the name of Jesus Christ now when we ask of petitions from God God is not just going to answer any prayer that you have he's not just gonna give you whatever you want right if you're lusting after something and it is sinful and it's covetous you know God's not gonna want to give you those things right that's not for a Christian. That's not what God is, is, uh, is seeking to, to fulfill all of your lusts and things like that. The Bible says that if you ask anything according to his will, he'll do it. Right? That those are the, the prayers that God is seeking to answer, are the things that are according to his will. I want you to go with me now to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse number 17. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse number 17. Now, this is where this is where we began. I want to read this one more time. and I want to show you the consistency of how the Bible teaches and tells us that we need to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. I'm going to explain to you what that is actually teaching. And I'm going to show that to you. Now, we saw already in Luke chapter number 11 that there was a principle that was taught uh, through a parable uh, to Jesus' disciples. From Jesus, of course, he explained to them that the way in which To get a prayer answered sometimes is what? It's through persistence, right? It's through persistence. He's saying that, hey, he's going to keep knocking on that door and ultimately that guy's going to give it to him, didn't he? He's going to keep knocking on the door and it's not because he's his friend. Yeah, he's his friend, but that's not why he's going to give it to him. Why is it? It's because of his importunity. It's because he just keeps asking, right? Because of his persistence. Now, I'm going to show you that that's actually taught all throughout the New Testament. That if you are persistent in prayer for something... God will give it to you. So sometimes when you pray for something, and I've never heard this principle taught just like this, but this is what it's teaching, and I'm going to show this to you here a few different ways. Uh, you know, when you are praying for something, when you have a request from God or to God, and, and, and you make that request, you're not always going to receive it the first time. I'm sure that you could probably think of areas in your own life where you had answered prayers, and you know, hey, God answered that prayer. You probably prayed for it, for more than one time, didn't you? You probably prayed for it, you know, on a daily basis. Something that was very important you, you just continually prayed. And then ultimately, you know, that prayer was answered. And you know, hey, I have areas in my life that I know, like, <clears throat> without a shadow of a doubt, God answered that prayer. That wouldn't have happened that way unless God would have opened that door, right? Or God would have answered my prayer for me. That he had to have intervened. So, when God talks about the importance of asking and receiving... I want to explain this very clearly. That does not mean, hey, just ask one time and you are guaranteed to receive it. God likes to see persistence. God likes to see discipline. God likes for you to come to him sometimes a few times in a row. And God later down the l- road will maybe answer that prayer. As long as it's according to his will. 1 First, First Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse number 17. Of course, we read it already. It says this, very simply, pray without Ceasing, Pray without ceasing. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter number 18. Luke chapter number 18. So I wanted you to see that one more time. Look at Luke chapter number 18. <clears throat> Luke chapter number 18. Now, of course, there is the, the principle that's taught. And we're going to see this mingled in in some of these verses. Because, it, you know, it would be... Uh, they're taught both simultaneously at the same time. There is the principle that is taught that you need to just... See, you, shouldn't, you should never just cease praying. You should always, not just for the same thing, but just prayer in general. You should never just stop praying. You should always be praying, right? You should always be you know, uh, 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 praying to God on a daily basis. You should have a prayer life. It shouldn't just be, you know, uh, you know I prayed last month, so I'm good for a while, right? I'm going to show you here that not only does the Bible teach that you need to be consistently praying, but like I said, that we need to be persistent for specific prayers sometimes in order to have them answered. In order to have them answered, we need to not cease from praying for those specific things. We need to, ha- we need to be persistent for those things. And because of our importunity, God will then answer them. If we, if we show and we uh, um, you know, uh, dis- uh, demonstrate our importunity, look at Luke chapter number 18, verse number 1. The Bible says this, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, so I, I want you to notice that statement. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. So it's very similar, isn't it, right? Pray without ceasing. Now I'm going to show you that the example that he gives is a prayer for the same specific thing and it's almost identical to what we saw in Luke chapter number 11, just a few chapters right before this. Look at verse number 2. Saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man, and there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while... But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Verse 6. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. So I want you to notice that this man is unjust, isn't he? Does this sound familiar to the parable that we read before? Verse number 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, and you know, he goes on and so forth and so forth. Something somewhat unrelated. I want you to notice the the, uh, consistency between the story that we saw before and the story that we saw now. Jesus telling this parable. So he has uh, someone that has a request, right? And they're going to someone. And what they're doing is they're bothering that person. The other guy was going at night and he's knocking on the door repeatedly. and He's like, go away! You know, I'm in bed, my children are in bed, go away. He's like, hey, I got a friend with me, and I need three loaves of bread. And he's like, go away. (coughs) He keeps knocking on the door. Go away, go away. (coughs) Why does he end up getting up and helping him? Because he's a righteous man? Because he wanted to help him for a good reason? Why? Because he, (coughs) his importunity, because he troubled him. What was the reason here in this particular passage when you're told That men ought always to pray and not to faint. What was the reason why this woman got her prayer answered? What was the purpose? Because she kept coming and she kept asking over and over and over again. Repeatedly. Why? Because she was troubling this man. Right? See the the, the, the consistency here. I want you to go to Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 9. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 9. I want you to notice that this is something that Paul did and tells us repeatedly that he prayed without ceasing. He kept praying for specifically the same things over and over again. He would pray for these things. Colossians chapter number 1 verse number 9. Amen. All right, here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, at the latter portion of the chapter, there is a bunch of very famous and profound, just short clauses, short statements. A lot of people have memorized these. I know we memorized 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 at one point as a church, and that was the reason why I chose this out. But a lot of very profound, powerful, short statements. And there's one in particular that I want to focus on this evening. Uh, And that's where I derived the title of my sermon. is from verse number 17. Verse number 17 there in 1 Thessalonians 5. The Bible says this. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. I'm going to be preaching on the subject of Prayer this evening. At the very end, I want to drive home uh, a very important point about the persistence and the 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 you know the importance of being consistent in your prayer life, but being persistent with specific prayers. Here in really three quarters of the beginning, really three quarters of the sermon in, in and of itself, I want to just preach to you the importance of prayer and how to pray and to give you very basic tips on. Your prayer life. I want to transform your prayer life. And I'll tell you why I'm going to say transform your prayer life. It's because I would guarantee that just about every person that is in this room has a very weak prayer life. And that may be offensive to you. I could be wrong. But I would say the majority of you, if you, were to, if you were to give me, if you were to allow me to look at your spiritual lives and you were to, you were to you know, uh, uh, mark up a one through five, right? Let's say a, a, we had a list that we were going we to rank the different areas of your Christian lives, where you ranked on each area, like we talked about the essentials of Christian character this morning, I named off a few of those, soul winning, Bible reading, things like that. I bet that your weakest point is prayer. I would almost guarantee that your weakest point is prayer. Now, you may be an exception to that, but I'll tell you this, that I know from mingling and fellowshipping with Christians that the majority of Christians, their weakest area of their Christian life is prayer. Now, that's, that's funny because it's, it's, it's very odd because if you look at the Bible, there are more commands to pray than there are to read your Bible. There are more commands to pray than there is to study your Bible. Prayer is spoken of as far as actions or, or, or practices that Christians are doing way more than reading their Bible, way more than almost anything. Soul winning would, I would, in the New Testament excels that of prayer, but if you look at the entirety of, Bible, of the Bible and especially the Old Testament, prayer is what Christians are doing most of the time and prayer is really what the commandment that is given in the New Testament repeatedly would be up way towards the top. Far more than studying and reading your Bible. And hey, I'm not downplaying the importance of reading your Bible. What I'm doing right now is magnifying the importance of prayer. And if it feels like I'm downplaying the importance of reading your Bible, it's because you don't understand the importance of prayer. Most people today in their Christian lives, they downplay the importance of prayer in their lives. and They don't understand how important prayer really is. When you look throughout the Bible, many times people are brought out of and delivered out of Situ- excuse me, situations because of prayer. They were delivered out of a specific situation. Maybe that was, they were nigh unto death. They were about to die. And it was a, a very dangerous situation. And God delivered them only because of their prayer. Only because of their prayer. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter number 11. Luke chapter number 11. We're going to begin in Luke chapter number 11 and start very basic because Jesus' disciples at the beginning of his ministry, actually asked him how to pray. They wanted to know how to pray. Luke chapter number 11. Luke chapter number 11, we're going to begin here in verse number 1. It says this, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So notice that the disciples, they saw Jesus praying. And Jesus prayed constantly. Jesus was oftentimes praying, and he was fasting. He'd go out in the wilderness, and he'd find a place by himself where he could pray. So at this time when Jesus was praying, once he was finished, his disciples had obviously observed him praying, and then they had asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Verse 2, And he said unto them, When ye pray, say... Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And then he says, he goes on to say this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, this is what's known as the Lord's Prayer. This is what is known as the Lord's Prayer. You can parallel this with uh, the book of Matthew, and uh, you'll see that there are slight differences there when he discusses it. Normally, this isn't the version that maybe you had memorized as a child or you've seen up on plaques or things like that. This is uh, 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 more of a limited version. There's a lot more that's added to this in the book of Matthew when this is talked about. Uh, I want to define for you, just in case maybe you are, uh, you're, you're not sure of this, what the word prayer actually means. So the word, the definition of the word prayer means to ask. That's actually what the definition of pray means. To pray means to ask. And I'll give you an example of that in Genesis chapter number 13, verse number eight. It says this, and Abram said unto Lot, let there be no strife I pray thee. So obviously he isn't speaking to the Lord here. It tells you that Abram is speaking unto Lot and then at the end of it he says, I pray thee. What does that mean? Say I'm making a request from you or a petition, right? I'm asking you this. Now, the word prayer is an honorable way to ask something. That's why today the word prayer has come to be the the word that uh, encompasses or defines when we speak and ask things of God. So when we are asking things of God, we refer to that as prayer. But in the Bible, you'll oftentimes see the word prayer or pray speaking of someone just asking another person. Just a normal human being, right? He will be speaking unto another normal human being. God is not involved at all like this. And he'll say, I pray thee. It gives you the definition of the word prayer. It is to ask. So when we are when we are praying, what we are doing, the purpose of that communication from us to God is that we are asking something of Him. And that's exactly what we see here in the Lord's Prayer. There is something that's being asked. I want to give you another uh, example of this where, where pray means to ask. It says this in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee. So notice when he responds, he says, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. So notice there that ask and pray were used interchangeable. So what it means to pray is it means to ask. It is a time when we are asking something of God. Now, here in uh, Luke chapter number 11, we're told how to pray. A lot of people have misunderstood this and literally, you know, the Catholic Church, they will repeat this verbatim. But when you look up the parallel passage to this, Jesus actually explains to his disciples at that same time, the Sermon on the Mount, not to repeat things when you are praying, when you are speaking to God. It says this in Matthew 6, 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Verse number 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Verse 8, but be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So notice that you're actually warned when when prayer is spoken of not to vainly repeat the same things over and over again. Not to vainly repeat prayers, the same prayer, over and over and over again. And the Catholic Church... Protestant churches, they take the Lord's Prayer and oftentimes right before their services, they'll take the Lord's Prayer and everyone will just aloud repeat the prayer. I've even seen in Baptist churches where people will just repeat the Lord's Prayer. You are told not to repeat, just to, to, just to repeat certain prayers or to repeat things. That's in the context of prayer in and of itself. Now, in Luke chapter number 11, what we have here is we have a template. That's what the Lord's Prayer is. It is a template of how to pray. We have a list of the guidelines of things to do when you pray. Now, number one, we know what a prayer is. It is a time to ask something. It is that we are asking something from God. So, of course, we know that that is going to be included in there somewhere. We're going to be asking something of God. Number one, in Luke 11, if you look there, verse number two, he starts off by honoring God, by glorifying God. He says this in verse number two, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As as in heaven, I always want to do the Matthew version. As in heaven, so in earth. So notice that he begins the prayer. The very first thing that, that Jesus does when he's teaching his disciples how to pray is to honor and glorify God. Every time that you pray, you should begin with honor, honoring and glorifying God every single time. This is a template of how you should pray. We're also, we're also told who we should be praying to. The Father, of course, and we know that we pray in Jesus' name. I have a verse for that in just a moment. Then he goes on and you see him actually showing you, of course, you're going to be asking for something. So what are we asking for? Here he gives you an example in his template prayer. Give us day by day our daily bread. So there is the petition or the request that is made known unto God where we ask God for something. Then verse number four, it says this. And forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. So there we see him Teaching us to ask for forgiveness for our sins. Now, does, does Christ have sins that he needs to ask forgiveness for? No. So he's just teaching this to the apostles. That, hey, this is how you need to pray. This is what the disciples or the apostles, how they should pray, right? So we need to, when we pray, we need to be asking for forgiveness from God when we pray. You're sinning every day. But I, I'm positive if you prayed in the morning, you prayed in the afternoon, you send in between that time. 100%. So you know what you need to do during that time? Have a clean heart when you go before God. If you want to request something from Him, show Him that you're sincere and you want to do what's right. And you know, one of the things that God wants us to do, Jesus tells us when you pray, this is a way to get your prayers answered. Ask for forgiveness from God. Honor and glorify God. And then, you know, ask for what you need. But also, don't forget... To say, Lord, cleanse me of the sins that I've committed. Give me forgiveness for the things, the times that I've trespassed against you. You know, uh, uh, please forgive me for the things that I've done uh, today or yesterday, what have you, whatever it may be. Then also we see at the end, uh, another request he makes there. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. From evil, for, so there we can see him, you know, talking about uh, receiving deliverance, right? Seeing about you could uh, oftentimes when we pray, what do we pray for? Safety. That's one of the most common uh, asks of uh, of prayer, right? People will request, hey, pray for my safety, right? You can tie that in, of course, with praying for your safety. Now, I want to jump down here into uh, uh, the, next, uh, uh, the next couple of verses because you learn something very important here. Very, very important about prayer in Luke chapter number 11. He keeps going. He says this in verse number 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot arise, I cannot rise and give thee. Verse 8. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, notice this, so the reason's not because he's his friend, then it says this, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. So I want you to notice there that it says because of his importunity. Now, if you don't know what the word importunity means, it means persistence. It's because he he kept asking for it. He kept knocking on the door and he kept asking for him to give him these loaves of bread. Why? Because he was in need of it, right? It tells you there at the end, He's going to give him as many as he needeth. So he's going to give him what he you know, desires as far as what is necessary, what he needs. He's asking for this bread so that he can feed the guy that came and is staying with him. Now, what's the reason? Is it because he loves him or cares about him? Now, that's not even the reason. Why? What is it? It's because of his persistence right it says importunity and what importunity means it means persistence that is the definition of the word importunity someone being persistent someone not giving up someone asking repeatedly over and over and over again so here what you learn from this particular passage is even a man that doesn't care for not because he's his friend that's not the reason why you could say it is his friend but it's not their friendship is the reason why he gives him what he needs it's because he keeps asking for it. So we can see the importance of making our request known and not, let me say this, not fainting in prayer, not ceasing in prayer. I want you to look further. And while I'm going to get on that point, like I said, more towards the end of the sermon, I want you to keep reading in the chapter here. Look at verse number 9. It says this, And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. So what is he saying? Obviously he is explaining that if you ask for something, you will receive it. And there are conditions to this, and I'll get into that in a moment, but... By and large, he's telling you, hey, if you ask for something, God will give it to you. He's, and then he likens it unto knocking on the door. That's what we saw in the parable, right? You go to the door and you knock on it so that you can ask someone something, right? He's saying if you knock, it'll be open. Whatever you need, that's going to be given to you. It's another way of explaining that. Then he goes further and he says, so he says, if you seek it there in the center, he says, if you seek something, you'll find it. Whatever you're seeking, you're going to find it. So he's explaining that hey, you need to put forth effort, effort. Excuse me, for the things that you need or desire. What do you have to do? You have to pray for them. You have to pray for them. Now, uh, you know, a lot of people have had you know the ideas, and I've heard people say this before. You know that whatever prayers. This is a very Calvinistic type of of of, uh, mentality, and this is totally false. It's totally unbiblical. Whatever needs that you have, because God already knows that you have need of these things. We did read that, and that, of course, is true. But they'll say, whatever needs that you have and God knows that you have these needs, he's just going to go ahead and, and fulfill them for you. He just, is, he, is he vainly repeating the same prayer? Those are not the same things. Now, I've heard people misidentify this, saying, well, you should never just keep praying for the same exact thing over and over and over again. You know, because, you know, that's vain repetition. No, vain repetition is repeating the exact same line over and over and over again. You understand what I'm saying? The exact same statement over and over and over again. That's not necessarily praying for the same thing. Now, you could be praying and you would be praying for the same thing if you are repeating the same line. Of course you're praying for the same thing. But you can continually request something and be persistent with that request and not just vainly being, vainly repeat this. Now, the reason why I talks about vain repetition is because it's meaningless. That's what vain means. When you are repeating something over and over again with vain repetition, it means that it's become meaningless. Now, if you get to that point with a prayer where you are, yes, you are being persistent, I agree with you. But if it's to the point where you are just every time vainly repeating it in your prayers... Well, that's wrong. That is not how it should be. You should be praying from the heart. That's what Jesus is actually getting at. It shouldn't be a vain repetition. It should be a real prayer and a real request that you are making known unto God. That's the difference between these two things. The the, the word vain there is what's important. Vain repetition. Look at Colossians chapter number one, verse number nine. Colossians chapter number one, verse number nine. It says this, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge in His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I want you to go to Acts chapter number 12, verse number five. Acts chapter number 12, verse number five. So notice there that they said that they don't, He didn't cease to pray for them, right? So he's continually praying for them. And what was one of the specific prayers that he was praying for them that they would be filled with? understanding, right? And with the Spirit there is what he was talking about. He wants them to uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit and he repeatedly prayed that, he says, over and over again. Does that make it a vain repetition? No, of course not. He's not vainly repeating the same thing. He has the same request, but he's not saying the same line over and over again. It's from the heart and he's really and sincerely asking for this, for them to be filled with the Spirit and be filled with understanding. So Acts chapter number 12, verse number 5. Acts chapter number 12, verse number 5. It says this, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Now, if you know in this passage, Peter ends up getting let, let out, doesn't he? Why? So what were they praying for? Were they, they, you know, praying for all different things over and over again? Is that what it's talking about here? No, of course not. They're praying unto God for Peter to be loosed. To be loosed from prison specifically. The same what? The same purpose. Not the exact same prayer. Not the exact same words. Not the exact same line. Vain repetition of the same line. But they were over and over again. They ceased not to pray for what? For Peter to be let out. For Peter to receive freedom. For Peter to be able to get out of prison. What did they do? They prayed unto God without ceasing. They prayed unto God over and over and over again. You know what ends up happening? Peter gets let out in this particular chapter. I wonder why. Well, Jesus explained, didn't He, that even an unrighteous man, because of their persistence, even an unrighteous man, because of his importunity, he would make their their you know uh, uh, request uh, to them, would give them their request or grant them their request. And then it's that is the exact same concept that is explained to us when it says, hey. If your son comes to you and asks for a fish, are you going to give him a rock or a serpent? For the fish, I think he gives a serpent. Are you going to give him a serpent? Of course not, right? You're not going to give him something bad. He said, and then he says, if you're evil and you're able to give good things, how much more shall he? Well, if that unjust judge is evil, how much more is God going to give you if you're persistent with your prayers? That's the point. If that, if that, uh, that man who is, is tired and is bad, you know, he's, he's obviously a man, he's evil, right? He's, just, he's a sinner just like we are, right? And he's, he's obviously grumpy because he's tired. He's got a lot of things on, on the negative side. He's not wanting to give it to him. And he didn't give it to him because he was his friend. He gave it to him only because of persistence. How much more shall God who wants to grant your requests if you keep making those same requests known unto him? When needing these things and you're ceasing not in prayer, how much more is he going to grant your requests unto you? I want you to go with me now to go to 2 uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter number one, verse number eleven. We'll see the importance here of just of just continually praying, not ceasing to prayer, not in, or to pray. <clears throat> Uh 1 Samuel chapter number 12, verse number 23 says this. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord, and then he says this, in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. So notice there, that's an interesting statement that's made that he's not going to sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. So notice it would be a sin for him to cease to pray for him. Uh you are in 2 Thessalonians 1.11. I'm going to read Nehemiah chapter number 1 verse number 6. Notice how Nehemiah is praying night and day. He continually is making his request known to God. It says, Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house, have sinned. Now notice that prayer that was made by Nehemiah. Specifically, you get the context. He's praying about the destruction of Jerusalem how Jerusalem was, was, was laid desolate. And that's why he was sad. Remember, he goes in before the, uh, uh, the king and he asks him, why are you sad? Right. So what, what is he praying about? He's praying about the same thing over and over and over again. He said that you would hear my prayer that I, that I bring before you night and day. And what was it specifically about? It was about the desolation of Jerusalem. Notice that it was, it was for the exact same petition over and over and over again. You know what's being taught is that God will answer your prayers if you ask of him. If you knock, he will open. If you seek, you'll find, right? If you ask him, he'll give it to you. But that does not mean that you pray one time and it's game over. That you, hey, ask of him and it's according to his will, he's going to give it to you. No, the Bible teaches that we need to pray without ceasing. Sometimes you're going to have to pray months for something. that is God's will, but God wants you to pray and to be persistent in this prayer, and God will supply your need. God will provide that need for you. But that does not mean, hey, I'm going to go home tonight, I'm going to pray to God for this particular need that I have, and then God's going to answer it tomorrow, and I'm done. I'm just going to go home tonight, I'm going to pray for this, and hey, it's in God's hands. You know, uh, you know, if it's according to his will, I'll have it in a couple of months. That's not biblical. That's a lazy teaching is what it is. That, is. that is not the way that God operates. The Bible talks about fervently praying. Fervently praying. I want you to look with me there. You turn to 2 Thessalonians, right? 2 Thessalonians chapter one verse number eleven. It says, "Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power." So notice he's praying for them, but it, you know he's praying for specific things repeatedly for these people, isn't he? The same types of things he's praying for these people over and over and over again, and he says, "Praying always," right? Kind of like men ought always to pray and faint. Not. And then it goes on to explain that this woman is asking for the same thing. Her persistence over and over and over again. Paul is doing the same thing. He had certain prayers that he would pray for certain people over and over and over again. Look at first. Uh, I'll have you turn to Ephesians six eighteen. Go to uh, Ephesians chapter number six, verse number eighteen. First Timothy chapter two, verse eight <laughs> says this. I will therefore that men pray everywhere. So this is just a teaching on making sure you continually pray. You do need to continually pray, pray over and over again, daily. It shouldn't just be you know one time, like I said last month or or whatever. You need to be continually praying. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. You turn to Ephesians six eighteen, Ephesians chapter number six, verse number eighteen. The Bible says this: praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I want you to turn now with me to First uh, Thessalonians chapter three, verse ten. Last passage I'll have you turn to First Thessalonians chapter number three, verse number ten. First <clears throat> Thessalonians chapter number three, verse number ten. I'll read to you from Colossians chapter number one. Verse number 3, Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 3 reads, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, praying always for you. Praying always for you. So 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3, verse number 10. I want you to see just one more verse where we see the, the importance of being consistent in prayer in general here. First Thessalonians chapter number 3, verse number 10. The Bible says, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So notice again, notice how Paul repeatedly, over and over and over again, when Paul talks about prayer, he talks about how when he prays, he prays always. Or he prays without ceasing. And notice he's not a hypocrite. When he tells you to pray, and he he says, hey, pray without ceasing, he himself elsewhere is praying what? Without ceasing. He's praying always over and over again in all these different passages. And oftentimes when he says, Hey, I'm praying always, or I'm praying without ceasing for this particular thing. I want you to notice that he is praying oftentimes for the same particular thing. Now, do you need to become obsessed with certain things? Is that what I'm teaching for you to do? Of course not. And, and, and you should have been able to understand that, I'm sure, right? What I'm telling you is that there are certain needs that you have in your Christian life, there are certain things that that you're going to need in your Christian life. And God is not going to grant them unto you if you do not ask for them. You know, the Bible says "Ye have not because ye ask not. God is not, if you just think that God is just going to give you, that's not the God of the Bible. Sometimes people want to make God into something that's, that's very easy to deal with. And and, and, and what's, you know, uh, 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 easy for them to swallow. But that's not the God of the Bible. The Plainly put, the God of the Bible is going to make your requests uh, uh, he's going to grant your request if you ask. If you ask him, if you pray to him, God will answer your prayers as long as they're according to his will. Now, if you have something that you, that you desperately need in your life, that something is going on in your life, prayer is powerful. The reason why Peter was let out of prison was why? Because of prayer of the brethren. Because of prayer of the brethren. The reason why Daniel was protected in the Den of Lions was why? Because he was praying that night to God. You know, the Bible's real clear. You know, of course, that's providential in a way. He wanted to use Daniel and things like that. Daniel made his own choices. The Bible talks about how he was protected because he was making his, his request known. He prayed to God and God delivered him, right? The the three men that were thrown in the fire, they were trusting God, weren't they? Right? They were making requests to God. They prayed to God, I'm sure, to ask them to be protected. You can look all throughout the Bible where people are praying for protection. Jonah is spit up out of the whale. What was he doing? He's admitting his wrong, right? He's praying to God. He's asking for forgiveness. He's he's asking for help. And he's delivered from that. Over and over and over again, you see people being delivered out of bad situations. They're given help from God. They're delivered from God. They're given deliverance from God. For what reason? Because they ask for help. So don't have this in your mind that, hey, I'm just going to ask one time and God will give it to me. If it's according to his will, God's going to give it to me. That's not how it works. That is not how it works. And, And Jesus two times taught, hey, men ought always to pray and to faint not. When you see people getting a request answered or getting, you know, a prayer answered, they don't pray for it one time. Peter was let out because the church of God ceased not in prayer. When you have something in your life that you need bad, stop trying to rely on yourself for everything and go to God in prayer. And you know the reason why most people, why the weakest area of their life is their prayer life is because it takes a a lot of faith just to put things in God's hands really, if you stop and think about it, if you're just to say, hey, you know, I'm going to do everything that I can, but I'm just going to trust in God, and you go into your prayer closet and you get down on your hands and knees, do you know the reason why you're doing that? Because you actually believe that he's going to answer you. You actually believe that he could do something about it. Do you know why prayer lacks in a lot of people's lives? Because of lack of faith. Because they have a lack of faith that God, if you actually, if you really, truly believe that all you had to do was ask God, and he was going to answer it, do you think that you wouldn't pray? No, you would pray, wouldn't you? You realize that you would pray. So, you know why you don't pray for things like you should? Because of lack of faith. That's why. That's the reason why, is because you don't have that strong of faith. Hey, we all lack in these areas, right? You know, uh, we all have our own problems. This is, an, this is an area where, you know, it seems like in, in all of Christianity, our prayer lives lack. All Christians' prayer lives lack. This is, this is one of the, the, the areas where, you know, people want to put a lot of emphasis, it's not preached on a lot. They want, uh, prayer, but people want to put a lot of emphasis on other things like soul winning, right? Put a lot of emphasis on reading your Bible. Prayer is hardly ever talked about, but prayer is powerful. God answers prayers. Have faith that God can actually give you your request. Pray the way that Jesus told you to. Make your request known unto him. Ask for forgiveness. Glorify and honor God. Use that template. You know, understand how to pray. Pray to the Heavenly Father. Pray in Jesus' name. But not only that, you need to be persistent with your prayers. If you have something that you need, don't just pray one time. Pray repeatedly. Pray over and over again. Show God that you mean it. And because of your importunity, because of your persistence, God will answer those prayers. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father God, we thank you, dear Lord, for being